Hello, everyone. Thanks for attending this session. My name is Dr. Igor Leite. I'm Associate Professor in Operations and Supply Chain Management um, at Federal University of Technology in Brazil. Today, we will talk about global supply chain issues. Uh, and if you want to talk to me, you can reach me on my email, igor at utfpr.edu.br or at Twitter, you can also uh, find me on at Igor PhD, okay? Um, let's get started then. Some of the learning objectives that we have today is to understand some, have an overview of some of the global supply chain issues. Also understand the definition of bullwhip effect, some obstacle to integration in the supply chain. Uh, make an analysis of the supply of the bullwhip effect and see how it impacts on performance of the operations management, of the operations, and also understand the strategies to reduce the bullwhip effect. And finally, we will have a chance to have a look at the beer game, uh, and then you can uh, practice on your own or with your colleagues and see how you can have fun also understand the bullwhip effect. Okay, um, some of the books that I use to prepare this session, the first one is from Wisner and colleagues, it's called Principles of Supply Chain Management, a balanced approach. It's a very interesting, um, easy book to understand, so very practical. And the second one, one of my favorites, Operations Management from uh, Nigel Slack and Brendan Jones. They are from England, and I know this book quite well. So I hope you liked what I have to say, what I have to show you from, from these books. Okay. So we 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 see global global supply chain issues or GSI CE CI as four parts. Okay, the the first part is supply issues in in in, in supply chain management, and this comes with purchasing management or managing your suppliers or even understanding when you are sourcing your your operations how this can have like ethical impact. The second part talks about operation issues and supply chain management. And that's about resource planning, demand forecasting, inventory management, and process uh, management. The third part is distribution issues and supply chain, which comes with global logistics, location and global location, uh, customer relationship management, CRM, uh, also service response logistics. And the final part, is the integration issues in, in supply chain. And this talks about performance measurement, but, but mostly about supply chain integration. And from this supply chain integration, we derive the, the topic that we want to talk today, which is uh, the bullwhip effect. Okay, so the bullwhip effect is also known as Forrester, Forrester effect. The bullwhip effect refers to increasing variability of demand further upstream in the supply chain. That was identified in 1961 by Forrester. That's why they call also the Forrester effect. So when we check here in this image, we can see that works as a bullwhip. That's how it is called the bullwhip effect, which little change in the, in the beginning of the chain can have really little oscillation in the beginning of the, the chain can have greater impact at the end of upstream uh, 
uh, at the end of the supply chain. That was also identified by Dogi and colleagues. Okay, so in this example, we see here start with 10 units, then we go for retailer 15 units, distributor 20 units, and we when we are in the manufacturing, we are actually uh, seeing manufacturing 40 units. And this is because also the way that they can see is the visibility of the operation, which we will discuss further. So some of the global issues uh, influencing demand. So if you can now pause this video and think about, do you remember any global issue that influenced demand? The way that people shop, the way that people buy things, and also the availability of these products. You probably will know one of this. So in 2019, this is just a timeline of uh, of things that happened that upset the upset the um, supply chain. So when we when we see in 2019, we had COVID-19, uh, obviously the, the greatest pandemic of our lifetime. So we had medical supplies issues, supply chain disruptions and lockdowns that affected the supply chain and production. Then fine, in 2020, we still have the, the, the COVID-19, but then we also start the um chips the chips crisis which is uh we have taiwan with 55 percent of the world's production but because of covid people working from home the demand soared and the u.s china trade war as well so in, then in 2021 we thought that okay things are getting better we still see like improvements in the rates of contamination. And then we have the Swiss Canal blockage where 12% of the global trade go through and 30% of the global containers and 50 ships per day. Well, then you can imagine the impact. Um, I have an interesting case that us in Brazil uh, talking with one of the automakers there and they said, yeah, we have a, we have a problem that some of our our uh, raw material is stuck in the Suez Canal, either because of that ship or because of the other uh, ships, the, the 50 ships per day. Then in 2022, we finally got a better view of the COVID-19. We kind of like release, uh, they, um, I think we saw the government actually lifting a lot of like the barrier that we had. And, but then we had what? War in Europe. Sanctions in Russia, Ukraine is closed, oil prices surge, and then we still have COVID-19 in China, creating lockdowns and factories closed. And then, okay, 2022 and 23, we have this global inflation, energy crisis, energy crisis and cost of living crisis. Not easy time, huh? but here's just to illustrate to you how COVID-19 created a real world case for supply chain management. For example, we can see here uh, the bullwhip effect in this retailer. We can also see ripple effect affecting all the, the, the chain, panic buying, factories closed. Did lean manufacturing, lean production fail? A lot of questions about this. Inventory management issues supply shortage, uh, orders cancel, and sold to the highest bidder. So those are some of the examples that we had. And if we stop to analyze this uh, supply chain and the bullwhip effect, we can see that the integration is key, okay? But what is integration, Igor? So Wisner tells us that integration is when several members of the, the, the supply chain, well, because we have manufacturer, have supplier, distributor, 
we have consumer. So we have different retailers. We have the different different members of the supply chain. When they start talking, when they start working together, purchasing inventory, you know, um, they have a great impact on overall profits at supply chain because the integration is achieved. So the lack of integration when they are not talking, when they are not seeing each other, creates what? Creates the bull effect. Some obstacles to process integration along the supply chain. You have sometimes several suppliers with the silo mentality. For example, I win, you lose. That's the that's the the view that they have. Okay, so this creates a problem because they are not talking. Okay, and this creates also what we call uh, lack of visibility in supply chain. So the inability to share or retrieve information and create, you know, and see what's going on in other uh, layers of the supply chain. Lack of trust, fear that the other party will take advantage of your operations somehow, and lack of knowledge, which is like the inability to basically process information and skills that and use the skills of information system. Okay, so active is causing the bull whip effect. We have basically four according to Wisner. The first one is demand forecast updating. Is for example, when you are using varying customers' orders to create forecast, where this is not the real scenario, but you are forecasting based on this variability. You can also have the second one is order uh, batching, which means you go for larger orders rather than go for the EOK economic order quantity. Then you have price fluctuations where you know you have the retailer creating loads of discounts for the customers, and then they create a wrong pattern for for this buying. Okay, and then you have rationing or shortage gaming, which is this. What what is this? It's like when the retailer of the supplier they allocate short products for to for the buyers. This stimulate other types of like uh, uh, orders, uh, shopping orders that you don't really need, or short, uh, short or ordering orders that you actually uh, it's bigger than than your need, but you need to protect yourself. So when we when we see when we analyze the bull whip effect, we have to consider that you have a, a manufacturer, you have a first year first year supplier, and you have this. Uh, second tier supplier and you have the third tier supplier okay so what does it mean you can also have the customer here uh, and they have the uh, retailer the manufacturer but in this case we're going to use this example for example we have a car here okay um, so this uh, company this organization manufactures this car assembles this car and then to assemble this car they need a dashboard which is their first tier supplier for dashboard for this um, supplier to build or to assemble a dashboard, they need a motherboard with the, all the electronics that it's necessary. But to build this motherboard in the second tier supplier and then supply for the first tier, which you supply for the manufacturing, you need a third tier supplier that has a microchip. So when you analyze this, is one supplier is different than each other. And sometimes 
this one here, the third supplier, will not, most of the times, will not see the real demand coming from here. And we will see in a real example, okay? So here we have a example, a quantitative example to analyze this. Uh, to analyze this, we need to consider uh, these uh, decisions for production. For example, the operation must keep a period of demand as inventory. I'll show you how we're going to do this. So every time you know there is a demand of 100, for example, you will keep an inventory uh, as a 100 just to protect. This is your safety stock or safety inventory. The starting stock is the closing stock from the previous period. So every period has one stock you're going to go and use the previous one. Um, the closing stock is equals your demand. There are two ways to do this. I'll show you the easiest way, which is copying demand, and the other one, which is analyzing your stock and your production, okay? And then you have also the production rate, which is how much you're going to produce to make sure you fulfill the market needs. So it's two times the demand minus starting your, your starting stock, Okay. Let's, uh, oh, you, to help you here, you're going to see some colors in the first line, just to remind you, because it can be a bit confusing about starting stock, closing stock, demand, production, okay? You see that demand and production, they have the same color, and I'll explain you shortly, okay? So what we have here is like, remember, I have like my demand, which is 100, and then my starting stock, the green one, my starting stock is closing stock from previous period. I don't have a closing stock from previous period here because I'm starting this operation now. I will assume that it's the same of the demand, okay? This will only happen for the first time you do it. Then the second period, we're going to have the, the closing stock, okay? Then we go to uh, production rate, okay? So we need to produce here. My production rate is two times my demand, 200, minus my starting stock minus 100, which will give me 100. My stock here is equal my demand. My closing stock is equal my demand, okay? That's what I, uh, I have here. Well, the, only, the other way to do this, and I'll show you in another example as well, is you can check your stock and you can check your demand. So my stock is 100. My demand is 100, which gives me leaves me with zero. But my production rate is, my production will be 100, which leaves me with a final stock of 100, okay? This will happen across the, this, this supply chain here. Uh, and you don't need to worry because this, the numbers here don't change. They keep going in the same, uh, the same way. So, okay. So now we have a variation here. The variation will be useful so we can uh, work this uh, idea of analysis a little bit better. So you have here uh, the supply chain, the, the, your, you need your starting, your starting stock. Your starting stock is the closing stock of the previous period, which is 100. You repeat 100 here. You have a demand of 95. And then you go for your production rate. My production rate is my demand, 95 times two minus 100, okay? Which will give me 90. Okay, uh, now remember I said that you can either copy here, okay? Or you can also uh, come here and do the maths of your stock, okay? Okay, so 
let's go for, I have a stock of 100. My demand is 95, which still leaves me with five in stock. But I have a, I have produced 90, which means that now I have 95, which is my stock. You could just come here and copy your stock as well. Easy way to come, copy, which I recommend. More complicated way, come here, check what you have in stock, check your production, check your demand, and then you're going to have here. Okay. Okay. So, Igor, that's nice. Wow. Now you got, you, you put like, there is something that I cannot see as a demand anymore. Yeah. Why you can't see the demand anymore? Because now when you come here, you see, okay, my starting uh, stock is my closing stock from previous period, from, from period one. Okay. You have the period here. So from period one is 100. We're going to put 100 here. But my production rate, that's when it changes for now on. Okay. The, the second, the, the first year supplier, we always work with the demand from the manufacturer. So it's not a demand from the customer that I have previews there. I have a demand of 90 now, which is the production rate of my um, the manufacturer that ordered this from me. Remember, that's why I put here two co uh, the same color for demand and production, because in the first, from the customer perspective, ordering is a demand, but from the the suppliers, it becomes the production of your previous supplier. Okay, so it's gonna be. Uh, my production rate is going to be 90 times 2, um, okay, minus my um, starting um, starting uh, stock, okay, which will give me 80. And then I have my closing stock, which I just repeat here, or do what I showed you, okay. So again, oh, I cannot see the demand of the uh, manufacturer, no, neither the the customer. Okay, no problem. You come here and you're going to see that you have the production, which is your demand in the first year. So you're going to multiply your demand, uh, which is 80, my demand times 2, 80 times 2, 160, minus my stock, which is 100, which leaves me with 60. Okay, my production uh, we're gonna, is going to be 60. And then I have the closing stock here. And this keeps happening. What's funny now to look, it's the demand here for the third supplier is 60. But if you look, the demand, the real demand of the market is 95. And then you, you see it starts dropping. That when you start seeing the bow whip effect. Let's see what happened in the second, in the third line. We are not going to calculate everything because of time. But again, it's the same logic. You just can go and, and do it. And then you can see a massive increase in stock from the second tier supplier on. And then you can see it drops again. And in the fourth one, in the fifth period, starts to stabilize and then stabilizes in the sixth period, which it becomes 95 for everyone. Look now, you had 5% variation from your uh, usual demand. Look what happened. You went down, okay? Here from 95, you had the production uh, of 20 because you had a variation. You're not expecting that. And from here, you had from 95 to 108, which means that you created a stock now, okay, which is 120 year stock. Then here, 
is where you have the bullwhip, the most prominent part of the the bullwhip effect. Okay, so when you 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 will hear that boom in the end, that, that yuck in the end. Let's put it this way, smack in the wind. Uh, and then you have ninety five, dropping to sixty, and then here starts again to stabilize, and then here is stable. Okay, let's get an let's see how it works in real life. So if you can, if you consider like sales here, see there is little variation here, but in the store starts to in the wholesaler starts to have a lot of like um, variations. Um, it it becomes even worse for to the manufacturer, and for the suppliers it's just dreadful. Okay, you just see how it it varies a little bit, oscillating, and there is a massive drop here which probably like breaks the chain, okay? So let's see another example for the, your assignment is going to be, uh, sorry, um, your assignment is going to be, the, the A assignment is going to be, you're going to use the same logic, same rules, but your periods will fluctuate between 195 uh, and so on, okay? And then you have the second assignment, which is you're going to keep only half of the inventory period all right. Okay. So to do this, I will um, I will share with you uh, a spreadsheet that we can do this together in a more um, productive way. Okay. Again, we have here the demand, which is already like you can see changes, and then you can um, you can also see here uh, the period six periods second, third, and first supplier, which is fine. So here what happens is you come here, my starting uh, my starting uh, stock is here, is the closing stock of the previous one. My production rate is 95, is my demand times two minus my closing stock. Great. And here you come here, your closing stock is equal your demand from the previous period. Okay, so... Again, my starting stock is my closing stock from the previous period. And here I have the production rate, which is my demand. In this case, is the production of the, the, of the organization that ordered it for me, minus uh, my starting stock, okay? Not a problem. So I come here and my, uh, my closing stock is gonna be the demand of the previous period. Again, not trying to be repetitive here. I just want to finish this exercise. Um, I go closing the closing stocks, starting stocks, I closing stock them from the previous period. My um, production rate is two times the, the demand minus my um, starting stock. And then here in the end, I'll have the same again. Uh, and then this becomes very easy for you. You just come here, multiply by two, minus the starting stock, and then you repeat here, and it's fine. So we could go now and, you know, because now we're going to go to 195, 195 again as demand, but you just come here and copy. You already can see things are not looking very good. So we have this here, okay? Let's go back to um, the previous screen. Uh, to the presentation that I was uh, doing to you. So we can have a look at that. Okay, so I already sorted out this exercise for you. What we can see here, the fluctuation, 
between 195 each period can create some dreadful results. For example, here I start and it goes down. That's similar to the first exercise. But here I live from 100 to 260. Here I have no production because I have minus 100, which means no one is producing. Then you probably own this company and say, I'm going to, you know, uh, probably uh, reduce my, uh, my, my, the, the number of uh, headcounts that I have. And this is going to happen what next month, rather than have 100, you have 300 and the other month, but then you don't have people to work for you. Okay. This example, example is from the Slack and Brandon Jones. Here is if you use half of the demand as inventory, you see, like rather than go for the previous period, just using 50. All right. So now what we have here is like everything went up. Okay. So I don't have any negatives, but I come to the point that I have 95 as a demand. And I ended up with 770 in my third tier supplier. Okay, situation doesn't get better, you know, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. What this mean, Igor? Impact on performance. You're gonna impact the performance of your supply chain. You're gonna increase manufacturing, inventory, uh, transportation, and shipping costs, as well as the lead time of replenishment. You decrease level of product availability because you won't have this product. And you have, because you have all these costs involved increasing, you have impact on your profitability. To reduce the bullwhip effect, we have three suggestions from Zlack and Brandon Jones. First, information sharing. You have to share the information across or throughout the chain to reduce demand fluctuations. You have to be aligned, make decisions coordinated about stopping, increasing, or reducing uh, um, production or even the real demand. And then you have operational uh, efficiency. Eliminate sources of waste and efficiency and this lean, lean production will be quite good to help you. I have two suggested readings here for you which you will be able to see. Those are two papers that I wrote uh, during the COVID-19. One was published in 2022, another one in 2020. Uh, and they talk about this kind of like response to uh, problems in the supply chain. Okay. Now uh, I want to encourage you to grab your phone, to read this QR code, and you're going to face the bullwhip effect using the beer game, uh, the famous beer game. Okay. So the, 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 the address is here as well. If you want to use, you can play as a supplier, distributor, wholesaler, manufacturer, However, when you go and play, just don't play the default uh, option. Go there and change because then you can have, rather than the default puts you with like 40 turns um, and you can go and just set up as 15, one, five, 15. So that helps you, okay? It's really nice because you can have like the analytics later and you can see information like this, the retailer making variations and look how this, breaks the chain and then in the end it drops every it drops the 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 demand here but also the production goes up here in the last tier as a manufacturer okay this is going to be uh, quite interesting for you i suggest you to to have a look i also have a video that i want to uh, share with you uh, which i think is going to be beneficial for your learning COVID-19 led to the drastic change in the customer demand. 
from panic buying behavior in empty shelves in the retail stores to the bullwhip effect in the supply chain process, occurring due to inaccurate demand forecasting, placing large orders less frequently with suppliers, and failure in considering delivery delay. To overcome such vulnerabilities, supply chain leaders must streamline supply chain to eliminate communication gaps, optimize inventory management, and minimizing sales and discounts to disease bullwhip effect by encouraging a regular stream of customer demand. Do you find our practices effective? Let us know your thoughts in the comment below. Well, you can see here like uh, pretty much what we've been talking and the suggestions how to, to improve. Okay, so what I will leave you with is also there is a quiz. So I would really appreciate if you go to this quiz, read this QR code, or if you want to go there, just they will ask you for your room name. And the room name is Lite, L-E-I-T-E, A2110. Okay, just go to Socrative. There is five questions there, very easy, and I would appreciate your feedback there. So now you should know, uh, you should now, know main global uh, supply chain issues, understand the concept of the bullwhip effect, be able to identify obstacle for supply chain integration, understand the bullwhip effect impact on performance and strategies to reduce the bullwhip effect. As I always leave my students with extra uh, material, this is gonna be an independent study. My independent study is based on three elements. You watch, you read, and you look at. So the first one is watch uh, a Wall Street Journal um, video on YouTube that shows the bullwhip effect on sales. And then you go to the reading list, pick two articles, and please pick one of mine. You're going to enjoy it. And read these articles, okay? And the look at is the beer game. Next class, we can have a discussion and we can talk about this, okay? Please do it. You're going to enjoy. Play with your friends. Play on your own. Um, it's going to be fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. This is the reading list with five articles. Just pick two or read all of them. It's up to you. The independent study, as the name say, it's independent. Those are the references that I used for today's class. I um, And this is the end of our class, so thank you very much. Gracias. And if you are going to Brazil at some point, I will teach you this word, obrigado. <laughs> it will help you there, okay? Again, you can reach me on my email, eager at utfpr.edu or .br or on Twitter at igorphd. Uh, Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy. Have a lovely day.